Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. I'm Tara Kerwin. And I am EJ Kerwin. And we are always just so grateful to be here helping others with relationship wellness. It's our passion in life. And we always try to bring in our own personal experience and have guest speakers on and really try to hit on a lot of different topics. And of course, today is no exception with the guest speaker we have on today. Yeah. Her name is Lisa McFarland. Uh, Lisa is a motivational speaker. She's a relationship coach. She's also a mom and a wife. And uh, Lisa, welcome to the Relationship Renovation Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, you should probably tell people that I'm from Northern Ireland because they'll have to adjust to my accent. I'm and she sure. is from Northern Ireland. <laughs> Northern Ireland. <laughs> we always like to just begin with a guest of just getting to know you as a person. You know, tell uh-huh. us a little bit about you, about yourself and how uh-huh. you ended up in this field. Okay, no problem. Um, I am married uh, to my husband, Nigel, and we have three children, a 20-year-old, a 19-year-old, and a 14-year-old who was looking a snack earlier and he still hasn't appeared yet, so hopefully he won't appear for a little while. <laughs> um, HR was my background, so human um, resources was my background, mm-hmm. and my husband and I own a company together, and I loved that. I was always in, I think I've been always into personal development and wanting to find the best in people and wanting to grow and mature and finding solutions for problems when it comes to interpersonal relationships, all that sort of thing. Um, But it was all based around work. And then someone in work mentioned to me, did did I want to do another course or do a little more training? And I was like, oh, do I really have to? And she said, I actually, you know that, like, oh, do I have to? Another thing. Add it to the (laughs) point. Another thing. And she came back and she said, there's this life coaching. I have no idea what it is, but it sounds right up your street. So I'm a little bit out there. I'm always looking for something that's a little bit different. And here in Northern Ireland, seven years ago, life coaching was not a thing. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of limiting beliefs about it, um, about whether I could actually manage the course and it was a diploma and all the things. So I started it and I loved it from day one. Mm. Around that time, my husband and I were actually going through a very difficult phase in our business. Um, It was just something that had to change. It was just a a revamp situation that had to be done. And him and I uh, just started to argue about it and discuss it morning, noon and night. It just started to become all consuming. So um, I said to him, look, I really think we need to go and talk to somebody about this. There must be other things that we can learn, other things that we can do. So we went and talked to someone. We we only went three times um, and she got us straight away. She could tell we were very in love. We had just got ourselves a saying we would say here in Northern Ireland is, lost in the weeds mm. we sure. just were, were we were in the thick we just yeah. and we couldn't see I remember her telling us what about you don't talk about work at home and him and I looked at each other like what? we're paying her to tell us this uh. we couldn't have figured this out ourselves like what actually is going on we're having to pay for money to tell us something so obvious but you know yourself guys when someone tells you a professional tells you you come home in the car and you go that's it she told us we're not to speak about it we're not talking about it. And it's almost like someone parenting you. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> so there's lots of little things she told us, love languages, attachment styles, how to fill the relationship cup. I was quite codependent at that stage. I was brought up 
with the understanding that my relationship needed, that I was broken and I needed to be in a relationship for it to complete me. Um, you know, the pretty woman, the Jerry Maguire's, the, all the fairy tales. Right. And so then she told me that was ridiculous. And also uh, my go-to mechanism was huffing. So I had been a huffer for 25 years of my relationship with Nigel. And not only was I a huffer, I was very proud to be a huffer. I told people that I was a brilliant huffer. I was, it, it was my, it, it was my thing. And now looking back, oh my days, just terrible. Can, can I just, inter- what is a huffer? Yes. <laughs> oh, so stonewalling. Stonewalling. So I would say all picture and no sound. Gotcha. So I was here dealing with the kids, gotcha. talking when I needed to, but zero emotional connection. If things got difficult, you just shut just down. Just shut down, remove myself. So avoidant attachments by stonewalling, we call it huffing. huffing. I love it. <laughs> so like huffing and puffing, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, that's a great term for it. I've never heard that before. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so um, she told me that was unhealthy and then she gave me tools and things that we looked at. And then she told my husband things that were unhealthy that he was doing, maybe a little bit of defensiveness and things like that. And we were just, well, I particularly was just like, this is amazing. This is absolutely amazing. And I remember saying on the way home in the car, everyone needs to know this stuff. And here we are today. (laughs) Exactly. I mean, there's so many different things pulling us in, like attachment, like codependency, like self-esteem stuff, Mm -hmm. like not having skills to learn and know like how we should be handling this because we're biologically equipped to defend ourselves if we feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Lisa, what made you so open to it and curious about it? Because especially I'm thinking as you as somebody who, as you said, huffing or stonewalling, somebody who was kind of shut off in that way, like why do you think you grasp onto it so quickly? Yeah, but I was only like that with my husband mm. huh. because we bring the worst of us right. to the one we're meant to love the most. Yeah, I would never have behaved like that with anybody else. And we discovered that as well. And I, I just think that it's fascinating that the person that we're being the most intimate with is usually the person that we show up as the worst version of ourselves for. We have... Uh chalkboard sign in our lobby when you enter and it says our partner is our greatest teacher be patient Mm. for the lessons because it doesn't Mm. feel like that especially in stressful moments or conflict right Mm -hmm. they're like that what does that sign mean yeah 100 percent. so and and things like uh you know she would say things to me like so is that working out for you and in any other walk of life you do something or you have a behavior or you're talking to an employee or employees talking to you and you walk away from the interaction and you say to yourself, that didn't go well. Right. I could do better. But in our relationship, we keep repeating, repeating the same behaviors and expecting a different outcome. Right. It's just insanity. It's insanity. And the huffing was destroying my soul. And this is the same if it's a huge, big shouting argument or a door slamming argument or any sort of conflict. Then I believe there's a huge chasm and how do you get over that? And those huge chasms, they, they eat away at the relationship. I would talk a lot about filling the relationship cup. And those huge things, they, they, it's like putting a little crack down the side of your relationship. And then you have to go through the mending process. And I didn't want to do that anymore. I wanted to find different ways. And it's so, you know, one thing that in the couple's work that we all do here, it's like both people are suffering in the relationship 
but they Mm -hmm. feel so alone in it. And it's worse to feel alone when you're with a partner than it is to just actually be single. A hundred percent. And I think once they really understand that and they can have compassion for each other's suffering, which is the biggest thing we try to teach, it's like, oh, okay. But that repetitive nature comes from like, you feel alone in the suffering. You don't know what it is. You don't understand it. You're not able to communicate. Your partner is feeling like they're the person being blamed for it. So how am I going to have compassion for you? And then again, what is it? Wash, rinse, repeat. Wash, rinse, rinse, repeat. (laughs) And EJ said, like, we always say this. He's like, you could put any kind of topic, children, work, sex, you can put it all into like a meat grinder. It's all going to come out looking the same because at the core of it. I sometimes, I'm coaching couples who have been together 15, 25 years. And I I say to them, so um, what's your argument style? And they're like, our argument style and I'll say you've been having the same argument since you were probably about uh, a year into your Mm -hmm. relationship it's just about different things but I bet that either one of you could write a script for how it's going to go and they just look at each other like I know oh my god right (laughs) how did we not see this before (laughs) exactly I think that's what's so frustrating for couples too is that they like they know exactly how it's going to go, and uh-huh. but yet they can't help it. You know, they, they mm-hmm. keep repeating those same dynamics over and over and over again. The first time that I had got this knowledge um, and every part of my central nervous system wanted to huff because it's been what I've been doing since right. I was three. And I remember walking across the kitchen to ask for a hug instead of huffing. Wow. Now, I'm quite a verbal person, so I did say, I feel like huffing so badly right now. You have no idea but I will take a hug instead. And I walked across the kitchen. And do you know the movies where they put the cement boots on people to throw them in rivers? Yeah. Horrendous things like that. That is what my feet felt like. My feet felt like they were in cement, stuck. Um, And it is, it's just your central nervous system is like, no, run, don't, you can't do this. The hug will not be safe. It's not safe. This is, you're going to get hurt again. Why Mm -hmm. would you even think about being vulnerable? And you walk over to your person and let's hope most people are with good people. Right. And your person says, yes, of course, let's figure this out. Yeah, it's that let's first have, step of doing it. It's that emotional risk oh. you take. And then you start to realize like, and hopefully eight out of 10 times your partner is receptive, but it's like, it's just that first step. That's the hardest. But when couples do it. It's that first shift. Yeah. Especially we've been together so many years. Yes. It's that first shift that just feels so oh, I'm in some sort of place here that I have no idea where I am. Yes. And then it, like everything, it gets easier and easier. And how did your how did your husband respond? Like when you began to change the way you dealt with conflict, how did he respond to it? <laughs> Sometimes he says, no, oh, for goodness sake, really? <laughs> Sometimes he's like, it's like living with a different person. So he, he jokes, you know, um, how did he respond? I think he was grateful. He think he was very much, okay, we're paying this money. I think we both need to put the effort here and do what she's telling us. And it was good. It was, it just helped. It just was nice and good. And when I say that I was a huffer, your new word now, stonewaller, it might only have been, you know, it wasn't, you know, it wasn't something that we had to struggle with every other week. Like I know there are some couples that I, you know, coach who are struggling with this conflict every other week. This was just when we had something that I felt really, okay, this, this is definitely happening and this is definitely not happening. So it wasn't often, but it was often enough to be detrimental. Right. 
So, yeah, and it, then it's just all, it's the little things that we put in now more on a daily That big chunk was dealt with, but it's even the little things more on a daily basis, you know, that I think really make a relationship. There are lots of relationships that break down because of a huge thing. I'm a big believer that lots of relationships break down because of the little pebbles, the little bits yeah. that get in the way that just repeat and repeat and repeat. And they build up and resentment builds up and then you feel oh, so disconnected. Yeah. Yep, exactly. So is that kind of what led you to your the TED Talk, let's talk about all the things? I love it. Um, that was a different, that was also a different chunk that I bring into my coaching. I came from a very religious background. I wouldn't call myself religious now. I'm quite a spiritual person, but I wouldn't call myself religious now. And that was a huge chunk that I personally had to deal with on my personal growth journey. So, you know, when we push into these things and you go to therapy or you become therapists, you know, you have to therapize yourself Absolutely. as well. Absolutely. <laughs> Lots of work. It's worth it, but oh gosh, <laughs> got to practice what we preach. Oh yeah. So when I pushed into that with my coach, um, it was just like a whole thing about the shame around sex and intimacy and not being able to talk about sex in the daytime. That's ridiculous. Like when I think about it now, I had three children at this stage and I couldn't talk about sex in the daytime. Right. Shocking. So I had to push into that and all my limiting beliefs and all my programming around that um, and the shame and guilt around that. And um, I had to push into that and just desensitize, desensitize, yeah. desensitize. Like a lot of cognitive behavioral work to just kind of dissipate all of those limiting beliefs that you know, didn't allow you to be really vulnerable in the way, you know, you were brought into this world. We have all these other things that come in and provide roadblocks for us. So yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely talk to couples, like almost every couple about the fact that like, you know, they come in, they say, hey, we're having a breakdown in our intimacy. Mm -hmm. And we say, of course, you know, I mean, it's the thing that we all do. It's the thing that most of us really crave having that connection. Mm -hmm. And yet we get like absolutely no guidance, no positive guidance. If any, the guidance we get is destructive and makes us feel bad about ourselves in that way. Absolutely. So that's my thing. Let's talk about all the things. Let's just talk about all the things. Just what is it? 99.9% of the world is having sex or thinking about sex. So, you know what, let's just talk about all the things. And isn't it weird? Like I, for some people, not all, you're taught like sex is dirty and you just have to do it with the person you love. And it's like, how does that make sense? So you grow up thinking like sex is bad, sex is dirty, it's shameful, but save that for the person that you love the most. Like how does that even- It's madness. It's madness. Or, you know, um, religion would sort of, you teach to keep yourself a virgin and be married with the white dress. And then what are we doing that night? Ripping the clothes off each other. How do we make that leap? How do we go it's from that? not a life that? switch. Exactly. <laughs> well, this is, yeah. And this is why people can't talk about it. I mean, I can't tell you, Lisa, how many times, because we have our whole intimacy series. We take couples through once emotional safety has been created. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, okay, so you guys, you know, let's just say we haven't had sex in like five or six months or five or six years. Well, I'm like, how often do you guys talk about it? And they look at me like I'm, I just asked the most ridiculous mm-hmm. question ever. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, we just, what do you mean? How do we, we don't, we just don't do it. And I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. here we go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I often joke with people. So, you know, 
a chastity belt would that be something that yeah. you would yep. be oh, aware of gosh, yes. <laughs> okay so I sometimes tell people it's like you have a mythical chastity belt and you've locked it up in a box and put it up in your brain somewhere and like chastity belted it and we're going to lift that down and we're going to take that chastity belt off we're going to talk about all the things oh I love that <laughs> I might have to use that but I promise I won't own it for myself you're welcome as long as you credit me you're welcome I will always no. credit you <laughs> So Lisa, what do you think? I mean, what are, what do people want to talk about it, about sex? You know, what are, what are the things that you find when you're sitting down with a couple or an individual within a couple that they're just like, they need to talk about, or they want to talk about? Oh, it varies so much. Um, unfortunately, I still find women would definitely still have shame and guilt mm-hmm. around sex and intimacy, around orgasm, around asking for what they want around freeing their mind enough to be able to let, as we all know, females' biggest sex organ is their mind. So letting the mind go there, um, definitely still a problem, still a huge, huge problem, still a problem. And then there's the resentment piece. So you could be coaching a couple and just that's all things happen, this little thing has happened, this little thing has happened. And then the first thing they do is they shut down the intimacy. Mm -hmm. They shut down their sex life and then don't speak about it. Mm -hmm. And now we've got this big chunk on top of all those pebbles. And it's like, okay, Mm -hmm. let's Mm -hmm. peel this onion right back. Let's just peel this right back. And it's it's tricky stuff. Relationships are difficult stuff and we get no education on how to do them. This is my rant all the time no education and when we ask questions we are surrounded with shame and guilt when my husband and I went to our coach seven years ago I didn't tell anybody I didn't tell the babysitter he definitely didn't tell anybody Mm -hmm. the shame and guilt around it was massive Um, there's something wrong with us so we just can't uh, say anything and you know the people talking "Mm, have you seen those two are away to therapy have you heard? They're, they're for divorce next. Yeah. Oh, you know, just your the fear is so, so huge. So, and then when the Instagram thing really kicked off for me at the beginning of lockdown, not that it was a problem, but I had 500 followers at the beginning of lockdown who I was, te- who I was telling all this stuff to. Right. Uh, <laughs> so that was okay. But when I got to a couple of thousand followers and more thousand followers, it was like, right, I'm telling all our personal details to a lot of people here I know. and I remember going to my husband and saying this is becoming a bit of a thing and he was very lovely and gracious and he said if it has to be us sweetheart that's okay if it has to be us that sticks our head above the parapet and says everyone needs to educate themselves on how to have relationships if it has to be us right and people want to know they just don't know and I will say one to me, positive thing that has happened since this pandemic is like mm. therapy's more accepted, couples counseling's more accepted, individual therapy, like mm-hmm. it's like the thing to do because I think so many people struggled. So I will say, if anything, like that is the one beneficial thing. It's like it just becomes like more normalized. I guess that's the word I'm looking for. Well, and, the, and normalization in general, I think couples feel such relief. When they come in and they tell their problems and then you you look at them and say like, okay, well, yeah, I mean, of course that's happening. I've seen Mm -hmm. hundreds of people who have very similar issues. Just in the last week, I've had so many couples look at me and be like, really? For us, because, you know, we've been around it a while now, 
it seems like, well, doesn't everybody know that, you know, that it's really hard to communicate in a healthy way that you bring your past into your relationship, that maintaining a healthy, intimate relationship between a couple is really complicated and hard. It seems like so obvious to us, but yet couples, when they hear like, no, yeah, of course, and it's okay. And actually you can make it through it. They're, they're like, oh, thank you. The relief is that, that that's sometimes my favorite thing when you, coaching couples and when they come on so it's on the call um and their shoulders are up and they just are and then when they're leaving the call I'm like do you feel any lighter now and they're like oh we feel so much lighter and I'm like we're not there yet we're not anywhere near the end but just having me make you feel lighter is where we want to be heading towards where we want to be heading towards yeah yeah getting out we a couple weeks ago we had an interview with a pretty leading researcher in the field of relationship wellness, Dr. Stan Tatkin. And once we kind mm-hmm. of finished our podcast, he was talking to us and I was like, Dr. Tatkin, like when you're working with couples around intimacy, how do you approach that? And he was like, you know, I tell people to look at it as like they're crime scene investigators, like every, <laughs> like go into the bedroom, like even set up a bedroom scene and every thought like, oh, what am I thinking about when I'm getting into my pajamas? And like, if you start to have that curiosity, it gets more comfortable to talk mm. about, but that we're never curious about it. It's just kind of this behavioral thing that happens. It's automatic, but that if you can start to feel whether that's tension or disconnection, you really start to investigate. You're like your own little detective, like, ooh, what's that feeling? What's mm. that thought? Why am I thinking that way? Why did I turn off the lights, right? You know? Well, we don't feel mm. the freedom to have that curious air because we think mm. like the minute we bring it up to our partner, we're going to devolve into those old communication patterns. Mm. And we mm-hmm. feel like it's just going to get shut down. And, and that's why, mm-hmm. like, you know, a thing that we talk a lot about is, like, finding ways to establish emotional safety, you know, which mm-hmm. is where the past and attachment theory we find is, like, a great entryway there. Absolutely. Because it cultivates empathy because you start looking at your partner prior to your relationship and being like, oh, my gosh. It's not all I about fe- me. I feel for you. <laughs> like, I see you as that little boy, that little girl. Like, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Like, you're not the adversary that you've become mm-hmm. over mm-hmm. these years. And But then once you establish that, then you can get curious. Yes, that's really good. I'm using that one. I'll steal that one. <laughs> we'll, we'll do swapsies here. So Lisa, when you see this couple making progress and they're like, oh my gosh, we don't need to see you anymore, Lisa. We're great. <laughs> We're always like, Are you, okay, yeah, just come in monthly if you can. But like, what do you notice shifts? And, and not necessarily in the realm of, intimacy or sex, but like, what do you notice as kind of the biggest shift when you know a couple has kind of done their work and they're, you know, they're feeling more connected. And again, relationships are like a lifelong Mm. journey, but what do you, what, what do you notice? The void between them has lessened, hopefully nearly gone away. I sometimes would do a little exercise with my couples and have them turn to each other and speak to each other. I'm still there but have them speak to each other um, and in a vulnerable way. And I had a beautiful couple say to me one time, when we turned to each other, it was like that space between us was the problem. Yeah. And it's about being brave enough to be able to step into that space. And I always say, say all your big boy words and say all your big girl words and let's get this sorted out. This, this void in the middle is the thing where all the work gets done. Yeah, I, I notice a lot of times that as the sessions continue, 
they talk to me less yes. and mm-hmm. they talk to each yes. other more, that mm-hmm. I cease being a mediator and I'm just sort of like throwing things out and then they reply and interact with the topic with each other. Mm-hmm. And I'm just sort of, mm-hmm. I fade to the background more and more. Or people start saying things like, well, what did you think about that? And I'm like, okay, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Or John was just saying the other day that he was feeling like, and I'm like, mm-hmm, yep. And I don't even know when you're coaching couples that they see the progress like we see it. You know, I sometimes say to couples, you need to give yourself a huge pat on the back. Literally three weeks ago, we had a conversation that you couldn't be vulnerable and say that out to your mouth. And people don't give themselves enough credit when they've come that road. No, because they're like great example. So yesterday we had a couple... And hard, hard time for the female to be really vulnerable. And we always check in with like successes of the week and challenges of the week. And she was like, well, what I really wanted to do, like, cause she doesn't want to hurt her partner's feelings and she doesn't want to make him feel bad. So she's avoided telling him anything. And Mm -hmm. she went to him and she was just like, you know, I, what I really want to do is not say anything, but I have to let you know, like, this is kind of bothering me. And he was really receptive and they said it in kind of this flat affect And I'm over here like a freaking cheerleader, like, you guys, (laughs) this is significant. Like I had to show them how powerful that was because they've been married for over 20 years and it is her first time ever, ever identifying and taking that risk. And so hopefully EJ was with me in Mm -hmm. session. She heard that. You've got to celebrate. You've got to celebrate mm-hmm. those. And you, mm-hmm. because otherwise, it, you know, fear is, you know, it's more profound than, you know, the other. And so. Absolutely. And I always try to tell myself the first time I walked across the floor to ask for a hug, think about the feeling on the other side. The feeling of fear is always going to be there. Right. But think more, try to focus more on the feeling of the other side. Think about how great you're going to feel about yourself in 10 minutes, not about the fear you feel right this second. Yep. Exactly. I feel like so many couples feel hopeless. Like they can't change that. They've been in these repeating dynamics or they feel so disconnected or they feel so resentful. And, you know, we are all here today to our listeners, like significant shifts happen and mm-hmm. you can create a connection that is so much deeper and profound than you could even know, but it's work, right? And it's it is. And, and it's changing your programming. And I always say to people, you know, if I came into work and give you a new program on your computer, you'd go back to work the next day and your hands would go back to the old programming. Oh, I like so that. So it's going to take time. It's going to take time. You know, um, if you could complain to me for six months about a printer that didn't work or a computer program didn't work, I could give you the best thing today and you'd be over the moon and tomorrow you'll come in and put in the same keys that you did. So we have to learn to reset and reprogram and that takes a little bit of time. In all walks of life, it takes a little bit of time. And let's face it, healthy conflict is something we have never seen. We don't see it in movies. We don't see it in TV. Our parents didn't show it to us. My conflict style was huffing. Now your new word. <laughs> Healthy conflict? I didn't even know what the... That it exists. I didn't even know it Yes. I'll tell you a funny story because, you know, we like to tell stories here in Ireland. Uh, sometime in the pandemic, I don't know when, it always got a total blur for me that um, there was a teenager in the house, a friend teenager, and um, my husband said something and I said, oh, I'm not sure about that. And then he said something and I was like, no, that, you know, 
not not even conflict, just a little bit of a miscommunication, right. misunderstanding, one of those ones. And this the friend of ours said, um, okay, let's let's go to, to, to our daughter. She said she was like, Let's go, okay, let's go. This is gonna this is gonna go into one night. This is definitely going to we would say like kick off, you know. Right. This is gonna kick this is gonna kick off. And my big girl said, Oh no, no, no. We're gonna wait around and watch this show. Just wait for it. <laughs> so the three of them sat at the island watching myself, my Nigel and I saying things like, Okay. I can totally hear that. It's not actually what I believe, but I can totally hear you. And him saying... <laughs> you were role modeling to them. I love that. Yeah, and, and him saying, all right, but can you explain to me why you feel like that? And Help da, 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 understand, da, da. yeah. Uh-huh. And, I'm like, and then can you explain to me how you feel like that? Well, I watched a TV program where I read something about, huh, interesting. <laughs> I really respect that opinion. Yeah. I, it's not my opinion, but I really respect that. And then we just got on with the day. Well, the teenager was sitting at the island with her bottom jaw, was like, yeah, and that's it. And that's it. And my girls were like, yeah, that's it. How boring is that? Yeah. When do we witness healthy conflict resolution? Like when? Never. Unless we're like, you know, in therapy or you've gone through it and then you know it, but like, it's very rare where kids, teenagers, whatever, witness healthy conflict. And also in any other part of life, it is okay that someone else has a different opinion. But within our intimate relationships, somewhere along the programming, mm. we were told that we have to have the same opinions of each other in everything. What is that about? I know. Well, we are like trying to unwind and dismantle it, <laughs> right? <laughs> we're in this together. We don't have to agree with each other, but I think what we do have to do is we have to keep an open heart to one another. Yeah, you know? absolutely. And those two things can definitely coexist. You're a person believes that just as much as you believe it. Mm-hmm. They 100% believe what they are telling you right now. It may change next week when there's more evidence comes out or there's something happens or right. they say, oh, that's not. But right this second, you're with a good, kind, respectful person. They believe it as much as you do. You understand what I mean? Yeah, We can't absolutely. be that um, pulls apart. You know, we just have to see it and then, hmm, interesting. Exactly. Yeah, we use drive-through voice. Like, I hear that you're feeling sad. Yeah. Just keep it simple so you can feel validated and validate your partner. Otherwise, if you're like, well, I don't understand why you feel that way. That's not how I feel. You shouldn't feel that way. Then it just escalates. Yeah. yeah. I will, Lisa, I mean, can you give us an idea of like, what are you up to right now? Like if someone wants to reach out, like, you know, what type of services you offering people? Mm-hmm. Like how can they, they hear your thoughts on relationship wellness? Well, Instagram is the best place to find me. It's relationship.coaching.ni for Northern Ireland. Oh, that's mm-hmm. cute. And I go on there and I do free stuff. I do all, I do lives on there. I have videos on there. I do reels on there. I just give out as much free content as I can. And then I obviously am a couples coach. So I coach couples. You can email me or DM me on Instagram to get a couples session set up. I then have a little Facebook group that there's a monthly fee to be in. Um, I do lives on there. I do videos on there. I have a check-in day on there. So it's just where you can get a little bit more access to me. And it is £12 per month. It's a subscription. And then I'm a motivational speaker. Um, I have an ebook coming on the 2nd of April. And all that will be on the website. 
I also, during lockdown, because everybody was just having difficulties, did a bunch of webinars. So they are all going to be logged on to my website as well. And then you can purchase those. If you like listening to me, a word you would use here in Northern Ireland is blethering on. You can purchase the webinars. They're very, very reasonably priced. I just, my whole thing is I want it to be accessible to everybody. Absolutely. One-to-one coaching is expensive, but I want everything else to be so accessible because, you know, everyone needs to know these things. Uh, We agree wholeheartedly. And I just can't thank you enough for all the work that you did personally and within your relationship to kind of give this gift and awareness to others. Like it always makes me emotional because I know that it's You know, it's from our own personal journey that we really strive to help others and be that inspiration. And it's awesome. Thank you. From the darkest times comes the shiniest lights. And when we're in the darkest times, we can't see it. When we're, why is this happening to me? Why am I going through this? I know. Well, thank you, Lisa. It was a pleasure to spend this time speaking with you. Tell Nigel we say hi. I feel like we know him. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. As, as do thousands of other people across the world, right? <laughs> he's, the, he's the force behind He's the quiet man. When I started the Instagram thing, he said, I will never be on that page. I am not doing There's no way I'm doing that. And I was like, that's okay. That's okay. And now he has little ideas. He comes home and he says, oh, I have an idea for the page. Do you know what I was thinking you could do? <laughs> I love that's it. Awesome. So, All right. Well... Thank you, Lisa. Thank you to all of our listeners. Thank you for the great reviews and just all of your comments and feedbacks we get from our podcast. It really is heartwarming. We want to offer this again to help individuals and couples become their best versions of their self, however they can make that happen. And if you have any ideas or want have an idea about a topic for our podcast, please reach out. Yeah. And please rate our show. It really means a lot to us. Leave us reviews. Please tell somebody else that you know out there about our show and uh you know we'll just keep spreading the news as lisa is of uh of you know it takes some work to have an an amazing relationship but it's worth it it's so worth it and it uh and it's possible for no matter where your relationship is for it to be even better And as I kind of end every episode, take care of yourself, take care of each other. Bye-bye. Me and you just singing on the train, me and you listening to the rain, me and you, we are the same, me and you have all the fame we need, indeed you and me are we. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.